0: All right, my friends, welcome back to Your Bible, Book by Book. I'm Pastor Luke, and this is the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah is uh, one of the post-exilic books, and um, if it were put in the Bible chronologically, it would be one of the last books of the Bible. I believe um, only Malachi would come later than uh, Nehemiah, uh, but as far as the historical narratives go, it is certainly the last uh, book of the Bible as far as history goes. Um, it uh, follows Ezra pretty closely. and uh, in fact, last time I said it with Ezra, uh, Nehemiah and Ezra were probably w- written as one volume. Uh, Nehemiah uh, follows Ezra to Jerusalem by about 14 years. And uh, what happens is that this is the year 444 BC. It's 150 years. After the initial exile, um, so it's quite late uh, in the history. Um, and uh, what what's been going on is that uh, for 150 years the Jewish people um, had not rebuilt uh, the walls of Jerusalem. So uh, the Jewish people began returning to Jerusalem from Babylon uh, 70 years after the exile. Uh, it took them 20 years to get going on really rebuilding the temple, um, and then another 60 years after that before they uh, built the walls back up of uh, the, the city of Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah, uh, as cupbearer to uh, the king, um, hears that the walls are still destroyed. Now, the reason why that's so disturbing is because uh, the the city of Jerusalem is their capital, and it is the holy city. It's the place where uh, God uh, uh, dwells, you know, in in the sense of that's where the temple is, and that's where the sacrifices are, and all the rest of it. And and so the fact that they had neglected to rebuild their walls um, meant that it it was um, it was in disrepair. It was not as glorious as it should have been, and um, it was shameful. And so Nehemiah gets it into his heart uh, to take on that project. Um, And so he gets permission uh, to go back to Jerusalem and uh, begin that project. So the first part of the book, if you want to cut it up into segments, the first part is uh, that he gets a concern, and then there's construction. And in the midst of the construction um, there's conflict. There uh, happens to be uh, people in the area who do not like the idea of uh, the Jewish people rebuilding their walls. And so this ensues uh, quite a bit of um, intrigue and conflict and scheming uh, to try to get the Jewish people to stop what they're doing. Um, but in the meantime, Nehemiah has uh, prevailed with some strong leadership, and uh, he doesn't allow the conflict to stop the project. So they end up uh, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, miraculously, in about 52 days. So 150 years uh, of neglect um, is repaired in in just about a little over seven weeks. Um, And so as they finish rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, uh, then uh, the final part the final third of the book um, really is about consecration uh they begin to um really restore right worship right uh believing um, have a spiritual revival um and in this part okay ezra um, begins to teach uh the people the god's word and so even though in years past um they had uh been teaching God's word in in a way. Um, now we see that it becomes a, a true and strong emphasis that they're not only um, declaring the word but they're teaching it for understanding. And so the word understanding uh, occurs six different times in Nehemiah as they're um, making sure that people uh, not only hear God's Word but really, understand it for what it means and so you have now the 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 true beginning of a rabbinical um, school or rabbinical teaching that uh, they're going to make sure that people uh, really come to a place where where God is not just um, worshiped in a religious sense but he's known in a personal sense and that uh, they understand the reasons uh, behind everything that they do and so um, this is, is really a turning point in their history uh, that the Jewish people are now set um, toward the Messiah in, in, a true, uh, in a true way because they are now um, beginning to really grasp God's word for themselves. And in the New Testament, what you see um, really in the beginning, in the birth narratives of Jesus is that um, the common people uh, had a a very good grasp of not only what the word said but what it meant, and so uh, you had common fishermen and and etc. Uh, car- carpenters and and uh, people who were um, you know working secular trades. They weren't professional uh, priests and religious people. They were they were uh, common people who knew uh, to look for the Messiah, and uh, they were looking for the Messiah, and a lot of that comes from the reforms that happened in the post-exilic time, uh, that uh, there was a strong emphasis on teaching. Uh, they had now, uh, because their temple had been destroyed uh, and they had been exiled, uh, they had begun uh, the uh, system um, of um, practicing worship in their, in their own areas, uh, and so they would have um, a lot of people who would uh, teach in, in their towns. Um, so th- this begins the synagogue um, practice, that a synagogue was a place of worship uh, in, in all the different communities where if there were at least 10 Jewish men uh, who lived within a uh, Sabbath day's walk of the, the uh, synagogue, then they could have a synagogue, which means that they could have the teaching of God's word in their own community um, in, in a significant way. And they could practice their faith on a, a weekly basis. They could have uh, the, the Sabbath uh, worship um, practiced in their own community. And so uh, the post-exilic time, the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, um, is really um, a clarifying um, point for them. Um, in the the last part of Nehemiah, they clarify the genealogy again. So they make very clear uh, the the people who can be priests, the people who are coming back from the uh, exile from Babylon, um, and as people continue to return to Jerusalem, uh, they know uh, who's coming back and who how they're related, uh, and that becomes important again uh, because they need to clarify who is uh, worthy, um, who's qualified to be a priest, and, and uh, who could possibly be the Messiah, because the Messiah has to trace his genealogy to the line of David. Um, and so they're making sure that those records are um, clear and, and um, validated. And uh, in the end, uh, what you see is basically a returning of glory or a restoring of glory uh, to Jerusalem. Um, and, and that's important because if you go and read the book of uh, Ezekiel, okay, which is uh, pre-exilic and, and exilic, so it happens a little bit before and during the exile, um, there's visions of Ezekiel where he sees God basically departing, his glory departing from Jerusalem, that God is, is uh, removing himself from that place because of the sin of, of the Jewish people. Um, and in Nehemiah, okay, which is 150 years after the exile, um, you see in less of a, a spiritual um, sense uh, in terms of, of visions, but more in sense of the people have a sense that God is returning uh, his attention to Jerusalem. He's blessing them. He is with them, and uh, their temple is rebuilt, and they're restoring their national pride, um, even though they are still being ruled uh, by foreign uh, powers, uh, they have returned uh, spiritually to the sense that God is their king and their ruler. And so um, Nehemiah is a, an important book for understanding uh, how the, the Jewish people began really in earnest to uh, come to that place of, of true, authentic Um, worship uh, of God in those latter uh, time periods. So that is the book of Nehemiah and uh, this is your Bible book by book.